to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again. Real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, lady friends, Julie Graham here with This Grit and Grace Life, avid pencil hater. I don't have any idea what that means, Julie. Why would you hate a pencil? I don't. It's just a thing. And you know it's true. And sometimes you try to hand me a pencil to write with and I take personal offense. Oh, it's not just personal offense. You break out in hives. (laughs) It's It's weird and true. Really, really weird and true. And this is Darlene Brock and I am an uh, avid, excessive, Mm -hmm. over-the-top coffee drinker. That is is a very true statement. In fact, I think that I drink more coffee when I'm with you. It's like a peer pressure thing. Is it a peer pressure? Like I'm drinking coffee I'm sorry, right now because you Is your heart rate you already going up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, girlfriends, they rub off on each other. Yeah, they do. And also they bring us great lunches. What'd you bring today? Ooh, I was very balanced. I brought an Asian salad and a pizza. Oh, and chicken salad too. Lots of mayonnaise. <laughs> Lots of mayonnaise. And what was our priority? I probably would be drawn to the pizza first, right? I know, but we didn't eat it. We didn't. And Maybe guess what you're going to do with it? I'm taking it home for dinner. That's right. Score winning. Dinner's done. Love it. Love it. So here we are. What are we talking about today, Julie? In today's episode, we're going to talk about girlfriends. More specifically, the things we need to know to make sure we have strong and healthy relationships with the other women in our lives, whether that is our friends or maybe our coworkers or our siblings. We want to make sure those relationships are strong and healthy. We do. And it's a good thing because you know how they always say, no man is an island? Well, no woman is either. And friendships, especially with other women, they're vital They are vital to our overall being. In fact, let me tell you this one. There is a pattern discovered by a UCLA principal investigator. I'm not sure what a principal investigator is. Sounds very legit. It does, and it's UCLA, and her name is Shelly E. Taylor, that she studied the tend and befriend characteristics that show females of many species Wait, including many humans. species. Wait, like more than just the yeah. women were females were discussed. Wait, yeah, I, mean, I don't. I'm. I'm not saying the right words. No. Species. <laughs> species. I guess it's like the you know the monkey species or maybe the cats, the female cats. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> including humans. So she Where studied are you finding them too. your science. I think that's <laughs> what we need to be discussing right now, Darlene Brock. <laughs> no, actually, we're going with this one. It, works. it was on Google. It's yeah, accurate. That's it. Um, including humans respond to stressful conditions. And this is actually true. By protecting and nurturing their young, that's the tend response, and by seeking social contact and support from others, especially other females. That's who we befriend. Okay, I think I need some layman's terms here because we were talking about species and I get confused between species and races and all of that. So can you tell me what the tend response is? Okay, here's what here's what our friend Shelly was trying to tell us, is that as females, we do tend and befriend. So by tending those around us, and we do that, we tend to their care, and be, be, by befriending other females, our stress level goes down. Okay, so it's this idea that nurturing is something we do when we're stressed, and it actually helps us. Absolutely. And that we women, how we want to stick together, that's another way we handle stress. Absolutely. We go find another girlfriend, and we talk it out over coffee. Yeah, and she studied it, but we know that's true. 
Shelly could totally be our friend. She could be our I friend. I bet after she listens to this podcast, she's totally going to subscribe. Agreed. All right, so here's another study we found. In 2010, re- a research project from Brigham Young University by Julianne holt Lundstedt, she's a psychologist, she found that the effects of social ties on lifespan is twice as strong as that of exercising and equivalent to that of quitting smoking. So if you have a lot of girlfriends, you will live just as long as if you started exercising today and twice as long is, am I saying this right? Uh, all I know is that you, it, 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 it makes your life longer. Okay. All I know is according to Julianne is that it's better than, or as good as exercising. And you think exercising is good. And, and, and Julie, it's definitely you do good. Yeah, it is good. And quitting smoking. Really, that, that really does help life. you. So live we're long. saying if you start exercising today, quit smoking and commit to weekly girl time, you're going to like live forever. Yeah, I'll be the, 110 soon. That, that well, this is this is the formula, ladies. Yeah. You heard it here first on this grit and grace life. But what we do know is that friendships among women are incredibly important, and they take some work. Sometimes it's not a given; it's not an accident that we have friends. We find them and we nurture them. So we have given you the science that says. I feel like we might have to giggle a little bit about the fact that we've given the science, but we've said, and we can all agree that friendships among women are super important, but let's get into the real practical nitty gritty because they, like you said, they don't just happen and you don't all of a sudden just become best friends with someone. Um, So what are some practical things that we could do to develop or even just start some new friendships? Well, let's start here. Do you have, I'm sure you do, Julie. I know I do. Do you have friends that when you first met them, you thought there is no way in the world we'll ever be friends? Oh yeah. Like the ones that you're like, you really, you hated her if you can actually use that strong word and then she's your bestie later. Yeah. She's your bestie later. So number one, do not overlook those people. You may find that they may be entirely different than you, but that's a good thing. And they become your absolute best friend. A couple of my college roommates, so the four of us lived together and two of two of them, my best friend, and then our other mutual friend, they often joke about the fact that the first time they met each other, one gave the other a very mean look. And of course, the mean looker does not remember giving the look. Right. But it is still part of their friendship today that, oh, no, you gave me a look in the beginning. But now they're like totally great friends and share life advice and, you know, those kinds of things. But sometimes we start off on the wrong foot. And if we follow that, that first impression, um, we could end up sabotaging a great friendship. We could. And how do we start friendships? Say you move into a new city. All right. We need each other. We need other female friends. So what do we do? Um, Let's go where other ladies are that are doing things that we like to do. So like if you want to meet somebody, you might have to get outside of your house. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. At least outside of your house. Maybe you're an exerciser. So gym, go to the gym, go to the fitness center. Absolutely. Yeah. Play dates. Play dates. Or if you're a crafter, where's the paint place? Or if you're, you know, find mutual interest and go look there and then reach out and ask. Don't be afraid because the reality is we all need friends. And sometimes I've realized women sit across the room from each other feeling very, very lonely Mm -hmm. rather than going across the room and saying, hey, tell me about yourself. Yep. That's, I'm certainly guilty of that. I have had many 
pathetic conversations with my best friend who doesn't live near me anymore. So our relationship is, you know, via phone chats. And, you know, I've shared with her that I feel like I have no friends and she's listed multiple people that she knows live near me. And she's like, why don't you just call them? And I'm like, well, that's just ridiculous. No, but she's right. I should just call them because they probably would want to hang out. Yeah, and our best friends are good at telling us things that we need to That's do. That's why we need them. Yeah, it is why we need them. The other place, the other thing is don't assume they have to be your age or don't assume they have to be in your season of life. Kind of like you and I. Yeah, we How are we get friends, along and I we? teach you so much. I'm kidding. <laughs> you actually do, Julie. <laughs> you teach me, you taught me emojis That's recently. Important life skills. You're welcome. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah. But yeah, there's plenty to be gleaned and learned and benefited when you uh, make it a point to spend time with people who are in a different season of life or, yeah. or even just if it's not age or stage, but they just do things very differently from you. Yeah. It, it expands your your horizons, so to speak. Opens so. your eyes and makes you maybe try things you never would think to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friend expectations. What do we expect from our friends? Oh my goodness. Okay, so you've met them. You're building the relationship. What do you expect from one another? Probably too much, right? I think so. I think sometimes we we think that they can... Well, here's one. We think they can read our minds. That they know what we wanted or didn't want, and they either did it or didn't do it. Hello, I am not a mind reader, but I certainly expect my friends to be. Yeah, and they're usually better than the men in your life, but they they are not mind readers. Yeah, absolutely a, not. That is a classic friend fail to hold expectations and then like basically punish them when they don't meet them. Well, and I have some of my dearest friends who live literally hundreds of miles from me because we've all moved and, you know, it's life has changed. And we honestly may not talk to each other for three months because mm-hmm. our lives are full. But because we have that friendship and we trust one another, when we do, we fill in all the gaps and it's like we never left. Yeah. And those, that's when you know you have a good friend, when there isn't this expectation of you didn't call me, you know, last week when I, when I expected you to, and therefore you write them off. No, the friend that you can pick up after a season and you just get that things have been crazy or things have been difficult. And so this is the first chance I've had, or, you know, this is the first time I've felt comfortable enough to reach out and talk to you about this thing. And there's no judgment there. And you just um, pick up and support each other in those moments. That's a real friend. It is a real friend. And I've got a, I've got a few of those that I can totally treasure. But I know you already mentioned, or you have a BFFFFFFFF, how many Fs are on there? <laughs> yeah, you have one of those. A BFF, yes. Yes. We have the little heart necklaces with the zigzags in between. Just Seriously? kidding. No, we don't. <laughs> I just wanted to know if I could get you to believe it. Uh, yes. So I do have a Biff, and I refer to her as my Biff. Um, and I realized over, we've been friends now for, let's see, I've been married for 10. She was my maid of honor, and we were friends before that. So I want to say maybe like 14-ish years um, and have been pretty much BFF that whole time. And in those years of being friends, I, like you've seen, I referred to her as my Biff and I have had countless women say to me, I wish I had a Biff. And and at first I think, I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm, I'm offending you by that. But the truth is, is what I've realized over the years is it, it's actually really uncommon. And I think that that falls into the friend expectations. It is. It's really uncommon to have that one best friend. And I just, everyone listening, I want you to know, if you don't have a Biff, it's not necessarily your fault. 
and, and stop feeling bad about it. Like just invest in the friendships that you do have and know that some people are going to have that very one best friend, but it's actually less common than you think it is. Okay. I feel better already because I don't have a biff. Yeah. I have I'm a, sorry. I, no, I, but it's I fine. actually love my friends. I have dear, dear, mm-hmm. dear, dear friends, but um, I, I might have a buh, but... <laughs> I don't have a BF. Oh, you just have a best? I guess. Oh, you have a best friend, but a not best friend forever. Did yes. you know that that's what the BFF stood for? Yeah, Because I, I feel like it's my responsibility to teach you slang. Yeah, so. it is actually, Julie. I appreciate I appreciate the effort. See, that's what friends are for. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and that's why our friendship with the generations between is so fruitful, because I can teach you what the young kids are saying. Yes, and I can encourage your, you that your child is not going to prison at three years of age. <laughs> so, okay, we've made those friends, whether they're... BFFs or whether they're just dear, dear friends, how do we hold on to them, Julie? Yeah, I think that goes back to what you're saying. You have those friends who you haven't spoken to in months and I'm a fairly newish mom still. And so the way my time for friendship changed um, when I became a mom, like that's just a, it's just a thing. And it's the first thing that happened in my friendships is when I became a wife, you know, my free time drastically changed. I couldn't just pick up on any night of the week and hang out with my girlfriends. And you know, my, my Biff was not married or even dating someone when we, when I got married. And so the amount of time I could spend with her significantly changed. Now, did she hold that against me? No, she understood and she wanted to help me value my marriage by making sure I was, you know, putting my time there more primarily than with her. And so I think that's part of it is just being honest with your friends and having a realistic expectation of how much time you can spend together and then being intentional to schedule that in. So I just moved, you know, this, you've heard me (sighs) wax on and on, um, about my recent move. And, um, I'm in the season, I need to meet some new friends. And so I have said to my husband who I am generally home with most evenings, I've said to him, I need friends. I'm going to have to find a group of women in my new town to get together. And that's going to take away from time with him, but I need that connection with other women. Yeah. Again, friendships are, are incredibly important. And two, Julie, if you are the other side of the friendship where you're the one who didn't get married or you're the one who didn't have a child, mm-hmm. you know, y- you need to do two things. Number one, reach out and say, I feel a little lonely. You got any time coming up and let's get together and I'll make it work. However, and also I want to understand your world. Mm-hmm. Help me to understand your world. Because I want our friendships to continue and I feel a little lost. Yeah. So you're saying basically reach out and be honest how you're feeling instead of just letting it build up and be like a bitter wall between you. Funny how that, that works a in a lot idea. of things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you got to get creative sometimes. So if you are that new mom, maybe your friend comes over and helps you um, in the middle of the afternoon and, you know, that's you work that time in because that's the time where the baby maybe, maybe, maybe takes a nap and you just figure that out that, you know what, this is the time we're going to get together or maybe it's two in the morning. We're going to have a phone chat because she's going to be up nursing. Absolutely. You got to get creative. And remember this, our friend Julianne told us if we do it, we will live longer. longer. Yes. So it's worth the effort. Maybe Julianne could be your Biff. I'll pretend. Okay. My Biff, Julianne (laughs) from Brigham Young University. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. What did William Shakespeare say? I don't know why I'm quoting William Shakespeare, but this was a good one. Well, he's really smart. Well, he was really creative. Yeah, he was. I feel like you know lots of things about him that you want to say about him right now. I'm not going to. to We're going to talk about the quote. (laughs) A friend is one that knows you as you are 
understands where you have been, accepts what you have become, and still gently allows you to grow. That is the kind of friend I want to be. Okay, so Will's pretty smart. I got to give him that one. That's a good Will. See, it sounds like he is your friend. When you you give somebody a nickname, you're totally friends. Okay, good. All right, so let's just uh, decide what we need to do. What kind of things do we need to do in our friendship? We need to have balance in it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Meaning it needs to have importance, but we have a lot of other things in our life. So we give it effort Mm -hmm. at the same time we give others, right? Yep. We got to recognize when our friend is in a season of needing support um, and, you know, wanting to foster their growth. I think that could be the kind of thing that sometimes gets in the way of friendships. Maybe one friend starts a new job or a new project and the other one feels left out or less than. Um, But being able to support a friend through seasons of change or trying new things and supporting their growth and not just always being about one person in the relationship. Because when that happens... Sometimes you might need to be able to assess if this friendship needs to end. If somebody can't do that, if they can't take Will's advice and be able to gently allow you to grow, then that season may be done with that friendship and yeah. being being willing to um, to let relationships fade if necessary. It's true. And you only have so much time. So invest Unless you're exercising and quitting smoking and <laughs> tending and befriending. <laughs> then you have forever. Um, but, uh, you know, you need to know when to walk away from difficult relationships that aren't going to help you or them or grow either one of you because it's just not, it's not worth it. Got other ones that need nurturing. As much as, you know, I said before, some women like pine after that BFF friendship. I think some women also, we can struggle with holding onto a friendship that needs to go because of this romanticized view of I'm going to be friends with everyone forever. Yeah. And that just, it's not realistic. It's not. It's not going to happen. Sometimes you got to let her go. Yep. And then when you do, or if your friends moved away and everything has changed so much, you got to have time to grieve it. I mean, it sounds really odd, but friendships are important things. And so you may have lost one that mattered to you for whatever reason. Well, give yourself time to grieve it, to say, I'm kind of sad that 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 went away. I'm kind of sad I don't have that anymore. Yeah, because if you don't, you may end up taking some of that sadness and putting it inappropriately into the expectations of that new friend you met at the gym or the coffee shop or the coffee shop or the coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And this, okay, this one you have to say, we can relate to a lot of people, but who would know that we can relate to Reese Witherspoon and you have to say her totally. Yes. I have to say it because I could relate to it, but I've kind of always thought that we were kind of similar, me and Reese. I don't know why. Okay. So here's my girl Reese's quote. I don't know what I would have done so many times in my life if I hadn't had my girlfriends. They have literally gotten me up out of bed, taken my clothes off, put me in the shower, dressed me and said, hey, you can do this. Put on my high heels and pushed me out the door. See, that's a girlfriend who puts on your high heels and sends you out the door. Absolutely. That's the kind of friend I need. Yep. Yep. She said that to In Touch Magazine in April of 2013. So. Okay. Love it. And you love Reese, so I we're going to walk we away We could totally be friends. One. I'd put her shoes on. Yeah. You would. <laughs> Julie, I'd put your shoes on. <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. So that's girlfriends. What other kind of relationships between women do we think we should touch on? You know, Julie, there is a relationship that a lot of women have and girls have and everything in between has, and that is with sisters. Yes. Yeah. And sisters can be friends. They can be enemies. They can be frenemies. They can be one day they're your friend and next day they're your enemy. 
Um, sister relationships can be complicated. Yes. D, all of the above to that. Do you have sisters? I don't. I have two brothers. Oh, yeah, I kind of had it easy. another dynamic. Yeah. I have um, two. No, I have three sisters. Um, see, I accidentally messed up there. It's part of my confusing family tree that is impossible to draw. And um, your description of friends one day, enemies the next, you know, could be really close with them or maybe not so close. I can relate to all of that. Um, but the sister bond is very special and very unique. So I totally think it needs a a little bit of unpacking on this healthy relationships with other women. I saw you um, pulled some interesting quotes that as someone who does have a couple sisters, I completely related with. Yeah. What's that? Um, this one by Linda, Linda Sunshine. What a fun name. Yeah. I want that name. I love that name. Well, she said, if you don't understand how a woman could both love her sister dearly and want to wring her neck at the same time, then you were probably an only child. Oh, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Some of my best childhood memories are definitely shared with my sister. So side note of the two sisters, I have three. This is so confusing. I feel like it those is confusing, along Julie. And really need like a, a flow chart a flow or something. Chart. Yeah, a it would help me. I think chart. if I had a family flow chart. So for <laughs> to keep it easy, basically most of my life I knew of two sisters, and I grew up with one of them. So. Usually I just refer to the one I grew up with. And so she and I have some hilarious stories, but at the same time, she and I now, you know, adults living very different lives, there is so much of a strong bond because of the fact that we shared our childhood together. So some of our most difficult times, we can look to each other and say, you know what it was like. You oh, did that yeah. with me. We have those shared experiences. And then of course, other times we laugh our heads off at the way we treated each other and the things that we did to each other. Oh, absolutely. I do don't have sisters, but I have two daughters that I raised and watched growing up as sisters. And I really remember looking at them at one point saying, I do not care if you ever talk to each other again in your entire life, <laughs> ever, ever, Because ever. they were just making each just other crazy? Just don't talk now. Do not say a word to one another now because I'm going to kill both of you. You just don't have to kill each other. And it just got really messy. And now, you know, they're they're adults now and... Although they're very different humans, they are good friends, but it doesn't always turn out that way. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I see on your notes here, you said, um, this is another quote. I don't know where you're pulling your quotes, but your quote great, your quote game was strong. Whoa, on this that's one. usually yours. I'm I proud. mean, I'm, I'm very impressed. Thank um, you. Pamela Dugdale. You think that's how you would say it? I think it? it is. All right, cool. We're going with it. Hey, Pam. Pamela said, siblings are the people we practice on, the people who teach us about fairness and cooperation and kindness and caring, quite often the hard way. Ooh, that's I mean, good. so true. Because as I'm reading that, I'm like, well, this is painting a very beautiful picture. But then she says quite often the hard way. And I can remember those seasons of being young and fighting for, um, you know, uh, my parents' attention. I'm saying that to make it sound more PC, but it was really my great grandmother. But yes. that's, you know, the average woman listening is going to be thinking about struggling to get her parents' attention because of her sister or quarreling over similar interests or opposite interests and just the conflict that's going to be involved there. What else comes to mind with just kind of the issues of um, sibling rivalry that might be unique to girls? Oh, I think girls compete and mm. sisters really mm. compete. Mm. Julie, you know, all females compete, but sisters, like you said, they compete for their parents' attention. 
They compete in grades, mm-hmm. or maybe not. Maybe they don't care, but they compete. Or they compete with clothes. Mm-hmm. They might wear each other's clothes. And then they might get to the age where they are competing for boyfriends. Is there anything messier than that? No. So it, it is a natural thing for sisters mm-hmm. to compete all their growing up years. It's just inevitable. Yeah, there's like that, the idea of like your sibling shadow. And it's one thing to be competing with your older or younger brother, but it's a whole nother level to be competing with your sister because there's that expectation that you should be able to do things similar because you're both girls, females. And so there is a lot of tension when it comes to comparison. But for the most part, there's great chance you can survive that awful season of, you know, comparing at every single corner and then survive to adulthood and become the very best of friends because you kind of get past that, you know, identity crisis of sorts and you become your own person separate from your sister. And then you can start to see the things that she has that you don't have and vice versa. And you begin to draw on one another's strengths and appreciate your differences in each other. Well, and I think that's an important point, Julie, because I think a lot of people think or believe that if you're in the same gene pool and family tree, then you're going to think alike and you're going to act alike and you're going to process things alike. One may be artistic, one may be scientific, one Mm -hmm. may be uh, emotional, the other may be pragmatic. It doesn't mean you're going to act or think or feel alike. You're not. More Mm -hmm. often than not, you are not. And when you're younger, I think it becomes something that is attention. And if you grow up and mature to the point where you do exactly what you said, you recognize what your sibling has that you don't, that you actually like rather than choose to disdain, then you can start building a relationship past just sisterhood. Yeah, I love that you mentioned this in the notes, the idea that, yes, you grew up in the same household with your sister, um, but that doesn't mean you experienced everything from the same life perspective and the same viewpoint. And the fact that you are different people means you experienced things differently. And that can become a beautiful bond that you share as an adult sister, being able to relive experiences you had, but saw differently based on your personality and your, you know, um, your bents and your talents and your gifts. And the conversations I can have with my younger sister now about things we experienced in our childhood, now that we are adults and have that adult perspective that, you know, years, years tend to change the way you see things. Um, we've had some pretty interesting conversations about things we experienced, um, as little girls that I would have assumed she saw things the exact same way I did. And her viewpoint actually, you know, at times has challenged me to really reconsider the way I experienced something or a memory I had or a difficult season, being able to hear her perspective on how she saw it in the moment can really be a growing um, opportunity for me now as an adult, which is something I wouldn't have if I didn't share life with my sister. Right. And I think too, and this comes from the parent side is I would love to say I raised my daughters identical. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't for multiple reasons. I didn't raise them identical because they weren't identical. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, I was a lot more nervous on the first one that I was going to (laughs) really screw it up than I was the second one. So, you know, I can honestly admit to them I was probably a little bit harder on my first child Mm -hmm. than I was my second. And for them to know that from me and then to be able to talk it out. Instead of trying to hide it or act like it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, you're right. Mom was a little bit harder on Mm -hmm. you or yeah, you're right. You know, I think recognizing that as an adult Mm -hmm. um, helps you also build your adult relationship with your sibling. 
I think one thing I just want to kind of wrap up this sister segment is kind of like we said, when it came to, you know, close girlfriends or best friends that I've maybe implied that if you have a sister, you have this lifelong best friend, and that is not necessarily the case for everyone. So I've referenced the fact that I actually have two sisters and one, I didn't grow up in, in the home with. And so my relationship with her is not nearly as close as the sister I grew up with. And, and I know people who did grow up with multiple sisters and today as adults is closer to one than the other. And so I don't want you to hear or think that you have to be best friends with your sister or that if you aren't, or if your relationship is strained or you just grew apart as you started to do life differently as can tend to happen. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, but that your relationship with your sister is still special because of that history, that bond, that life that you've shared together. And so enjoy your sister for who she is, how she is. Enjoy the grit and grace of being a sibling to a sister and just know that every relationship is different and there's balance in that. So let's talk about relationships with women, period. They're good. They're healthy. Got to have them if we want to live to be 100. And 10. I don't think I want to live that long. Only if I could still skydive. I'd be there. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. All right, girls. So what we want you to take away from this episode as a grit and grace woman is to lean into those relationships. If you're in a season where you're struggling because you lack a friendship with a woman that could um, really be a a joy in your life and um, provide some companionship, then be the one to reach out. Go find a place where you can make a friend, call her, ask a friend to introduce you to another friend, take that first step, and then be wise and careful to temper your expectations as you build into that healthy relationship. So Julie, friendships, whether they come as your sister or whether they come in the girl you hung out with in college or the one you're hanging out with now, um, your best friend, your BFF, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's something that Oprah Winfrey said that I think applies to all of these. And this is what it is. Lots of people want to ride with you in the limo. What you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. I know we can't really deal in limos, not you and me, but hey, it makes sense, don't you think? I think one time I was in a limo with my sister and my friend's wedding, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy I mean, friendship. it's a good day when you can end a podcast with an Oprah quote. I think that makes it pretty legit. I do too. All right, ladies. Thanks so much for being our friend here at This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.